Hello and welcome to the podcast for Ray Church of the Nazarene. I'm Ben Beckman, Senior Pastor, and I'm glad that you have tuned in to listen to our services and sermons. We have reopened our sanctuary and would love to have you join us in person at 410 Blake Street in Ray, Colorado for our Sunday morning worship services that begin at 1045, if you feel comfortable to do so. We would also invite you to join us live on Facebook, YouTube, or our website if that's a better fit for you at this time. Please visit our website at raynaz.com and our Facebook page for more information regarding our services. It is my prayer that you experience the presence of God during your time with us, whether in person or online. Again, thank you and welcome to our podcast. Over the last several weeks, we've been working through a series that came from our time as we celebrated our 100th year anniversary. The message that I gave at that time was called Learning to Look Forward, and this is week two of that series. This message is entitled Partnering with God. This week, we talk about how we were created for partnership with God, how we're called to be doing the Lord's work, and we have to look to Jesus to discover how best we can partner with Him in all these ways moving forward. I pray that you are blessed this week. Well, this morning, as, as I've mentioned, we, we don't have uh, any music today, but, uh, but as we continue to meet together, I, I, I have a message that I wanted to share with you. And it, and it comes from a place that, that we have been in over the last few weeks. Uh, a few weeks ago, we celebrated our 100th anniversary. And, and in that, I laid out a plan for us as we are looking and learning to look forward for what God has for us as a body of believers, as a church and ministry here in Ray, but also as individuals, what He's wanting to do and is desiring to do in each one of our hearts and lives as He is guiding us through this process. And so today, uh, this message is, is a continuation of that, as we are learning to partner with God, learning to look forward. And so today's message is partnering with God. So give me a second here as I try to get some slides up that hopefully you will be able to see and follow along. And so I think we are good here. Partnering with God. There's a classic old story about a conversation between a farmer and a preacher. The story goes that the preacher was driving down a country road when he came upon the most beautiful farm he'd ever seen in his lifetime spent traveling rural roads. He could only compare it to a beautiful painting. It was by no means a new farm, but the house and the buildings were well-constructed and in perfect repair and in perfect paint. A garden around the house was filled with flowers and shrubs. A fine row of trees lined each side of the white gravel driveway. The fields were beautifully tilled, and a fine herd of fat dairy cattle grazed knee-deep in the pasture. The sight was so arresting that the preacher stopped to drink it all in. He had been raised on a farm himself, and he knew a great one when he saw it. It was then that he noticed the farmer, on a tractor, hard at work, approaching the place where the preacher stood beside his car. When the farmer got closer, the preacher waved him down. The farmer stopped the tractor, and he idled down the engine and, and then shouted a friendly hello to the preacher. The preacher said to him, My good man, God has certainly blessed you with a magnificent farm, 
And then there was a pause as the farmer took off his, his coat, his jacket, and shifted in the tractor seat to take a look at his pride and joy. He then looked at the preacher and he said, yes, yes, he has. And we're grateful, but you should have seen this place when he had it all to himself. Now, we can go a few different directions with this story, and, and, but I want us to, to look at how we partner with God in the work that, that He's already doing in our midst. See, partnership in, in the context that I want to talk about today is not putting us on the same level as God. It's as though as, as we have something that we can do, um, something that He needs that He can't do apart from us. Partnership, in the context I want to talk about it today, is aligning ourselves with God. It's submitting every part of our lives and our heart to Him. It is allowing His purposes for us to be worked out in and through our lives. And so I, I, it's my hope and my prayer that you understand partnership with God today in this way. So the first thing that we want to look at is... so. Give me a second here. This is a lot more difficult without um, some help. And so I just want to make sure that I'm showing you the right things as, as I'm moving along here today. So I've, I've got some slides up, and hopefully you're able to, to kind of follow along today. So the first thing that we want to talk about as we are understanding partnering with God is that we were actually created for partnership with God. In in studying for this and thinking about this, I ran across an article that's written by Jim Hislop. He's a director of Western Seminary's Center for Leadership. And he shares some insights in this area that I found really interesting. So from the creation story in Genesis, we discovered that we were created for partnership with God. And we see that the Creator God not only created humankind to be His creatures, but able to be His partners in the creative process of causing the world around us to flourish. In Genesis chapter 1, we find a summary of the six days of creation. In chapter 2, we find a little more detail about day 6 that I want to talk about today. So in your Bibles, if you have those handy and with you, uh, we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 2. In reading verses 4 through 15, it says this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, And there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic aromatic resin and onyx are also there. 
The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So after describing the creation of the man and the garden, as we read here in verses 7 through 14, verse 15 says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. God could have created the garden to be self-sustaining with, with no need for care, but he didn't. Instead, he created humans to work the garden and to take care of the garden with the idea of making it flourish. Verse 5 also sheds an interesting light on this. It says, Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. To answer this need, the following verses talk about the creation of Adam. The garden, and one of the reasons for the creation of Adam, being to work it, the garden, and take care of it. Remember, after God created male and female in His image, as we read in chapter 1, verse 28, God says, God blessed them, and He said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. I wonder if, while God was, or while God had finished all the work He was going to do, all the work he wanted done was not yet finished. Creation was good. In fact, Genesis 1.31 says it was very good, but not yet complete. I wonder if perhaps what God is saying to Adam is, here is what I've made, the garden, and it is very good. Now you go and make the rest of the world look like this. Then, of course, we, we know that um, we have the creation of Eve who joins Adam but join him to do what? Well, it says here that they were to be fruitful, to increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, work the garden, take care of the garden. To partner with God by taking what God had created in the garden and making the rest of the world look like that. He wanted to cause it to flourish and to be beautiful, providing for the needs of every human who would subsequently be born into it. Now, we know as you read into Genesis chapter 3 that, um, that sin enters, and this makes God's plan a little more difficult than it was originally intended to be. But it doesn't do away with God's initial design and His initial charge. In fact, we see that the same charge is given to each one of us today, to partner with God to cause our garden, whatever our garden may be in our lives, to be fruitful and to multiply, to work it and to take care of it and cause it to flourish so the needs of humanity around us are met. Point number two, you are called to be doing the Lord's work. So as we are looking at this, as we are looking in, in the ways that we are partnering with God, we understand number one, that we were created for partnership with God. We are created to be a part of what He's doing. Number two is that we are called to be doing the Lord's work. We recently worked our way through Colossians, and, and I want to draw us back 
to Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. And I think you'll remember what, what this says here as I get there. Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24 say this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. This call to partner with God to cause our gardens to flourish is always before us. And this applies wherever we are and in whatever we find ourselves doing. There is no mark, there's no delineation in the secular work and in church work or ministry. In fact, we need to understand that we are all in ministry. <coughs> According to Colossians 3.23 3, and 24, you actually are in the Lord's work if you are a follower of Christ. He is your, he is your boss no matter what your job is. Now, granted, there are some ways of, of making money in this world that should never be seen as glorifying God, and we should avoid those. And so we're not talking about those things. But if you are a follower of Jesus, there is no sacred, secular divide. The job you do that produces flourishing for your family and other people is to be done for the glory of God, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says this, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so that needs to be on our heart and on our mind as we are looking at and participating in what we are doing, that it is, in fact, part of what God is always up to, that He desires for us to be a part of whatever we are doing, to be a part of His plan, that we are called to be a part of, of seeing the things around us flourish. The last point that I want us to look at this morning is that we have to look to Jesus if we are understanding how we are to partner with God. And I want to draw you to Hebrews chapter 12 as we look at this today. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded... By such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have to look to Jesus. Jesus, in fact, sets the tone and the example of our partnership with God. We see here a couple of things that, that the writer of Hebrews wants us to do, and I think it helps us and guides us as we, um, as we seek out this full partnership with God. The first thing we see here is that we are to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. There are things in our lives that don't belong 
that we know that are sin. There are things that, that we, a willful choice that we make that goes against what God has called us to live, the way that God has called us to live. But sometimes there are things in our life that are not sin and things that, that aren't sin, but that may stand in the way of being able to see Jesus and being able to fully partner with God. And so we need to ask God to do an inventory of our lives, to search our heart, to search the things that, that we are, are, are doing and are partnering, not partnering, that we are participating in. Do those things work for or against our partnership with God? The second thing we see here is that we are to, to run our race. We have to run our race. We have to work our garden. We have a calling, as we've talked about, to flourish wherever we are working. That is a partnership with God, right where we are and in whatever we are doing. I don't read here in this passage or in other places that we have any terms or conditions that apply. There are no age limits. There's no ability or non-ability or capability limits that I see. There are no income limits. There are no talents that I'm supposed to have or not supposed to have. There's nothing that I see here that is supposed to keep us from partnering and participating fully with God. We have to run our race. and We have to work our garden. We have to understand what those things are in our life and how we can use those things to honor and glorify God and benefit, love the world around us. The next thing I notice here is that we are to keep our eyes on Jesus so that we don't lose heart. Keep our eyes on Jesus so that we don't lose heart. We see and understand from Scripture as we read through the Gospels, as we read through here in this, this uh, passage out of Hebrews, that Jesus endured so much more, and yet He finished His work. We need to keep our eyes, we need to keep our heart on the right thing so that we don't grow weary, so that we don't lose heart. When we are looking at the right things, when we are setting our hearts and our minds on the right things, on this partnership with Jesus, then He is able to sustain us. He is able to strengthen us. He is able to walk with us as we are pursuing this thing, as we are participating in what He's calling us to do. As we understand that the work that He's called us to do is right where we are. It's not something else somewhere else. It's right where we are. Then we need to be fully connected with the heart of God. We need to be fully connected with the Spirit as we endeavor to walk with Him so that He can sustain us, so that He can direct us, so that He is able to accomplish what He wants to accomplish in and through us, so that this partnership that He has called us to works. Otherwise, we're just in the way. So this morning, I want to ask you a couple of things as we, as we close our time together today. I want you to ask God today, what is your garden? With what have you been entrusted by God? 
What are you responsible to tend and care for so that it will be fruitful and multiply for the glory of God? Where are your eyes focused? What is your heart focused on? Are you weary? Have you lost heart? The invitation for us today is to understand how this partnership with with God works. As He endeavors to work His purposes in and through your life, in and through the lives of those around you, and in and through the work and ministry of Ray Church of the Nazarene as you are participating in it. What is it that He's wanting to do? What is your role to play? What terms and conditions have you placed on it? How have you disqualified yourself? The invitation today is to come back to the Father today. It's to come back to Jesus. And I don't know who all is is watching or listening to this today, but if you have never made that decision, if you have never made a choice to willingly participate with God, to align your heart with His, to align your life with His, today is a great day to make that choice, that decision. As we've talked about today, there's things that, that are in our lives sometimes, choices that we have made, sin that separates us. But today is a great day for a fresh start. Today is a great day, an opportunity for you to begin anew with this partnership that He invites you to today. You are not too far gone. You are not outside the bounds of His love or His grace. There is nothing you have done that can fully separate you forever from Him without praying a prayer of forgiveness and asking and inviting Him to come into your life. That choice is there before you today. We're going to close here in just a minute. And we're closing a little bit different than we have. Um, I asked a few of you today to share with me some prayer requests, some praises, testimonies, things that God is doing in your life. And we're going to close with lifting those things up today. But also with an opportunity for you to maybe pray this prayer for the very first time today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And we're just so thankful that you are a God of love, of grace, and mercy. That you are a God who loves us so much that you you have never given up. You pursue us, you chase us, you seek us. And you promise that you will be found if we are to look for you. And so, Lord, today, we want to pause and do that. We want to ask ourselves these questions today. We want to ask God that you would search each of our hearts. What are our eyes focused on? What is our heart focused on? Are we weary 
Have we lost heart because we've taken our eyes off of you? Is there things in our life that don't belong that stand in the way of this partnership with you? So Father, would you speak to each one of us today? Speak to our hearts. And as those things come to our mind, come to our heart today, would you help each one of us to present them to you and ask for your forgiveness? Father, through your Son, we have an opportunity. We have a way to be redeemed with you, to be restored. And you desire that for each one of us today. Maybe there's someone today that, for the first time, needs to make that decision to partner with you, to be a part of your kingdom, to have a relationship that we can have for all of eternity, to join you in heaven. And so, Father, if there is someone today that is praying this prayer for the first time, God, would you meet with them today? And if that's you, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I realize that I have sinned, that I have separated myself from you. And that by believing in your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for my sin, by putting my faith and trust in Him, I can now have a relationship with you. And so today, I do that. I make that choice, that I repent and turn from my sin and turn to you to be in partnership, in relationship with you today. I thank you for this promise and this invitation and these things I pray in your name. Amen.